I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the high for season five of the, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show. Well, that was inspired. Yeah, I felt like it was a typewriter or something sort of... Um, Percussive. Back in the day, yeah. Flamenco. It's the news coming out. Dance. Dance. Dance inspired. Um, <clears throat> we are talking to, speaking of dance, Steve Jones tonight. Steve Jones. Yes. Um, and we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Steve. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are y'all? Good. Sitting here with my co-host and husband, Matt Connor. Hey. Hi, Matt. Hey. hey. Hello. What's going on? Not a whole lot. And of course, our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. Mr. Jones and me. Ah. That's 90s, right? That is very 90s. Come on, Mr. Jones and us. What's he doing, man? Mr. Halbrook. Wonderful to hear your voice, sir. Thank you, and yours. Steve, you. Steve, where are you tonight? Um, I am in Birmingham, Alabama. Specifically, <laughs> I ask myself every day. Um, uh, when I was living in Atlanta for a few years, and I just, uh, beyond getting really tired of the traffic, um, I realized nobody was getting younger. And... Um, Within a month of moving back, my father had to have a heart surgery, and then there were complications, and his health declined, and um, I was here for the last two years of his life, and um, now I I have a condo of my own, but I stay a lot with my mom, who's 80. Um, I don't think she would mind me saying that, Um, and she's having a knee replaced in a month, so... You know, I've been playing caretaker for the last five years, pretty much. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but it sounds like it's kind of been a a, a needed thing. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of like uh, life all of a sudden opens up and says, no, you belong here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, what, uh, what part of Atlanta were you living in? Um, n- hold on one second, I've got to take a sip. Gonna take a shit? A sip. Oh, Thank a you sip. very much. I was like, oh what my are you God. sipping? Evian. Oh, oh okay. I was gonna say this is not the Howard Stern show. Now speaking of, so Ryan, are you more like Robin Quivers or Baba Booey? I'm gonna go with uh, Robin. Okay. Who's the other person? Baba Booey. Who's Baba Booey? He's he was Gary Delabate. He was not a stern listener. I oh, like, okay. you know what? I feel, Steve, now that you mentioned it, I actually feel like I'm the Baba Booey. <laughs> you don't even know what it is. Well, and that's why. That's why I'm bringing it out. I feel like I'm always left in the dark. <laughs> but, Ryan, could you turn the lights back on? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you, were, you probably lived in Atlanta somewhere that had the name Peachtree Avenue. Oh, God. I was very near. Yeah, actually, yes. I was very close to Peachtree. Um, I lived in West Midtown. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. And when I moved there, it was a, quote, unquote, up-and-coming neighborhood. And 
um, which really means it's crap. And, you know, I, I talked to a bunch of friends um, saying, you know, I'm kind of nervous about this neighborhood. I'm in between strip clubs and Waffle Houses. And there Perfect. Was, Sounds like a Friday I, night to me. Yeah, and it was equal opportunity because I was across the street from Tiffany's Adult Entertainment, which has changed names about five times, which was women. And then um, I was about like three quarters of a mile from Swinging Richards, which is sadly no longer open, which was a full frontal club for gentlemen with full frontal gentlemen. You know what it is What's still the name Swinging Richards. Uh, <laughs> it, it is still open. They changed their name to TikTok. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we won't even talk about that. We I've been talking about things that we could talk about for hours, but let's not talk about it. Yep. Okay. Matt's, Matt's had too much caffeine. Just full warning. Okay. Are you from Georgia? No, I'm from Birmingham. Oh. Yeah, I, I grew up here. And then what took you to Georgia? Not being able to afford staying in Chicago, um, where I lived for eight years and 27 days. Um, you love Chicago. I loved it desperately, but it was crap for me career-wise, but I love the city. I really love the city. Um, I, I don't know that I'd ever move back simply because the cost of living and like I said, career-wise, just I could not get arrested. Yeah. And I tried a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but that was leaving us. Never mind. So, yeah, wait, so did yeah, you go yeah. to Chicago right out of college? or? I did. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, August 31st, 2001. I'm getting a, a sense that you really keep dates down to, like, detail. You know, I have a freakish memory, first off, but um, I okay. mean, I'm not like Marilou Henner level. But I have <laughs> right. a freakish memory. Um, I wish, I you, wish. You, you see all of those details in your mind, literally, or you feel them? Um, no, I remember because, well, you know, within two weeks, the world kind of changed. Um, September 11th happened, and I was in a city of like, I don't know, 7 million people. And I knew like five people. And um, my father had been in business in DC that morning. Um, it was, you know, luckily he was, you know, fine. But um, it, there, it was just a, it was a crap time. Um, and, you know, I mean, we all remember the uncertainty. And I mean, I know y'all were in DC, so. What kind yeah. of business was your dad in? Um, he worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield Alabama for like 35 or 37 years. Oh, wow. He was an insurance man. Yes. Yes, he was. Started in um, marketing and made it eventually to president and CEO. So he, wow. he did very well. What brought you uh, to Shenandoah? From Alabama. Yeah. Um, and don't say Mary Robert's class. Oh, no. I, you know, I didn't yet know the magic of Mary Robert at that time. Um, I was, I got into theater, I guess, my sophomore year of high school. I did the, I was in the chorus of The Boyfriend. Um, I was one of those extra boyfriends and girlfriends that aren't, you know, they don't have names. And 
then I guess I've my definitely ju- been those boyfriends and girlfriends that don't have names. <laughs> They're, yeah, that's another podcast. That's another podcast. No one right? could take me home for dinner to meet the parents. I've been on first dates where uh, a friend, one of my neighbors from my building, came up and I couldn't introduce them to the person because I couldn't remember the name. Oh, but that is maybe not a story for this podcast. Yeah, that's maybe another time. Yeah. That just means they were unremarkable. <laughs> Very unremarkable. Um, anyway, so yeah, my junior year, I did Romeo and Juliet. I was Friar Lawrence, which upset me because I wanted to be, you know, swashbuckling. I wanted to be like Benvolio or, you know, one of the boys. Benvolio and the boys. Elizabethan boy band. Um <laughs> And so I never got to do stage combat. Breaks my heart. Um, senior year, I did Bye Bye Birdie with Mr. Jason Lyles was my Conrad Birdie. Wow. He was a junior. Um, and uh, yeah. So I went to college fair. I was looking at theater schools. Um, there were a couple of schools in Alabama I was kind of thinking of going to, but Nobody had a musical theater program. Um, and one of the schools I, I thought about going to, I actually take a t- took a tour of, and a buddy who was there was like, don't come here because the theater department hates the music department. They do one show every two years together and they hate each other. So, you know, let's fast forward now, totally different people running it. They have a great department, but... Um, at the time, there just there was nothing in Alabama. Um, I went to college fair. I met Margie Subchinsky. Um, and, you know, it just it, it seemed right. Dad is from Virginia. We still have some family up there. Um, spent summers going up to Virginia every year. And, you know, it, it seemed right. It just it felt right. Um, I did not get to do a college tour like everybody else. Uh, um, me neither. Oh, really? No, oh, I didn't yeah. have a tour because I auditioned in uh, off year and it started in January. Oh, I didn't realize you started mid year. Yeah, I graduated oh, four and a half years later than when I started, and I didn't get any of the uh, pre pre anything, so I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, and still, don't, I still kind of don't. Mm. Yeah, well, you've done pretty well for somebody who doesn't know. Hey, were, were, were we all in the Mikado together? Yes, we were. I was assistant stage manager and um, slash understudy. Really, I was a swing. I, I went on for everybody in that show at some point. Yeah, um, that's um, right. All of, we everybody who wasn't hear... a lead character. That's um, right. Didn't Greg yeah. lose his voice during the Mikado? Yes, and somebody was on for Greg, whoever Greg. I think it was. was no, it wasn't it was Ryan. Ben Nas. No, was it Ben? Yes, ben it was Ben Nas. Was okay, so I covered Ben Nas's track. Oh, I hate Ryan that word was. Track. Say that again louder. <laughs> Ryan was my understudy, and I went on in Ryan's place one night. I went on in Hedge's place one night. I went on somebody all through Tech Week. I never did a performance, but all through Tech Week. Um, I was on for a different person every single night, and it seems like there was a big flu going around that year because I was in a lot of rehearsals, I remember. Um, but yes, Onamaya, um, uh, on, hmm, 
Onamaya, da 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 da, sir, sir, na na na. Yeah, I remember that freakishly well. Um, in fact, one night, okay, you might leave the story out of the podcast. Ryan comes up to me during Tech Week, and I'm in, I think, Hedge's costume. I don't remember. It was an open shirt, and I was very self conscious. Um, but comes off of stage, is like out of nowhere. I'm watching like five people trying to remember their blocking. Goes, you think you can do this better than me? I was like, dude, I don't cover that role. Chill. And that was <laughs> like our interaction. I was just like, dude, I don't have time for drama. I'm watching five people's tracks. Dude, I remember going on for during a, like a rehearsal, and I didn't have it memorized, and I just pulled a book out of my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> like I just awesome. brought it out and like I didn't I didn't know it. That's my bad. I was a very unprofessional. Oh God. Well, I would. I mean, I, I I can't really recommend this, but I do think we could we should probably go back and do the show proper because it sounds like it had it never really actually. I think we should never do the show. <laughs> <laughs> no agree. one should ever do the show. No one except for want to do that again. Appropriate. And even then, I mean, they tried that a few years ago, and it and problems with that. They're just British people making fun of Asian people, and even when you oh, cast God. Asian people, they're making fun of themselves. Yeah, um, I never had to do the makeup. Thank God. Um, opening day, I was told that somebody was going to be out. I think maybe Matt, um, but I would have to go on for their understudy. And so I was told at like three o'clock in the afternoon, get rid of your sideburns and shave your chest. So I did like an idiot. And that was just Mitch because he wanted to see it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Mitch, we um, would like to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do. And I, I show up and I sit down at the makeup table. I was like, God help me remember this. Cause you know, I've got five people's parts going through my head. Um, and somebody walks in and goes, hey, Steve, uh, Matt's on or whoever it was. They're doing the show tonight. You're not needed. I was like, thank you, God. Um, kept me from, you know, making mistakes or anything. But I remember being on one night and uh, Greg purposely cracking me up, um, looking me straight in the eyes for um, oh, a wandering mistral eye thing of, of shreds and patch something and snatches. And winking at me and, you know, trying to get me to corpse. I remember all the guys trying to get me to laugh and somebody goosing me uh, during We Are Gentlemen of Japan. And, you know, it was it was an experience, not one that I would really want to, not one I'd want to repeat. Well, they could could have at least taken you to the Waffle House. That was during the year. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was the second semester show because the first semester was. Pippin. Mm-hmm. We've we've Which, talked about that a few times. Oh yes, I've heard. I remember I remember the audition. Um and uh God, I I went to see that production I think maybe three times. Um I loved it. It was it was a really great production. And you know, if if y'all do remount it. I want to be Mary's assistant choreographer and uh, and swing. Wouldn't that be amazing? I could fucking dance it anymore, except for you. 
But you know what? To be completely serious Mm -hmm. about Pippin, Pippin was the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something kind of about like the the musical, the sound of the musical, like Hair and Pippin and different shows. I mean, I mean, we could sit here tonight all night and talk about what the F Pippin may or may not be about. Mm-hmm. But there was something about the experience that had uh, a little bit of a transformative experience with the music and the the story. It was just a little bit more heightened than just a regular, near, you know. Some people say Pippin's about the Vietnam War, I don't know if or not? But sections uh, of it. Oh, and Jesus Christ Superstar too, seventies. Yeah. Yeah, but there's mm-hmm. something about about it. It feels almost like mystical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, and, you know, I think our generation was, well, I can't speak for our entire generation, but for me, you know, I I grew up listening to a lot of like the Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff. So to, um, and then, you know, after the 70s, we had that big British invasion of the 80s and big kind of operatic soundings, operatist shows. So those 70s shows with like the rock feeling to them, it even though it was the 70s and it was 20 years by that point that we were in school, it sounded fresh. And it was like, ooh, electric guitars and keyboards. I can relate to this. Right. Did you, were you exposed to theater before high school? Yes. Um, I had, um, we used to go to Alabama Children's Theater for field trips all the time. Um, yeah. And, you know, I do remember on occasion thinking, you know, I could do that. Um, it wasn't really though until I was in high school and I saw, um, Birmingham Summerfest, which is now a company called Red Mountain Theater Company. Um, Summerfest did MAME with Lee Merriweather. And I remember second act Patrick singing the letter. Um, after Bo has died, and I went, you know, I I, I want to do that. I, I want to be on stage and tell stories and sing. Um, and then I saw a chorus line and was like, hell yeah, I want to do that. Um, so that's that was what kind of lit a spark for me. Um, <clears throat> I sorry, I apparently swapped. Uh, so you got to SU. And it was 1996. Mm-hmm. Which makes me 28 years old. Yes, we're all very young. But the buildings look like they were from yes. the 70s. Were you uh, living in Racy? Mm-mm. Oh, gosh, no. Um, oh, to get back to the I didn't get a college tour or any of that stuff, I, re- I filmed an audition. And I had a throat infection, so we only used my monologues. Um, one was from Harvey. I can't remember the other one. And, um, this is my friend Harvey. And, um, I sounded awful singing. So I sent in the monologues and then like in June, I was going to audition in person and sing. Um, so I went up and had to sit through a rehearsal of Joseph um, and hearing Greg Goodbrode singing Joseph and seeing all the boys and Robin yelling at the boys to get deeper in plie and just being like, oh, my God, this is great. Um, and then I had to sing after that. No pressure. Right. Um, 
And I started, I was singing Maria from West Side Story. And the accompanist just gave me a starting note. Well, I didn't realize it was supposed to go down an octave. So I started Maria an octave up. <laughs> and, you know, I started going until the Maria, Maria, Maria. And Dr. Albert was finally like, okay, we just wanted to see how far you were going to go with that. <laughs> Let's do it down an octave. Uh, right. Of course, Dr. Albert. Um, so, you know, I was offered that day, but, um, because I came in so late, I was accepted so late. Um, there was a housing overflow and I was in that motel that the college bought like 20 years ago, but at the time it was a motel right off of campus, right in, right behind the Bob Evans. Was it the budgetel? Yes. The oh, bu- I could never remember the name of that. Budgetel. Yes. Because I ended up in the budgetel my uh, sophomore year for the first semester. Okay. I loved the budgetel. It was great, but I only lived there a quarter of a semester. My roommate, who was a townie, um, got kicked out for doing drugs. And, you know, at Shenandoah, all I can imagine is that he must have gone into the president's office and asked him to roll a joint. I was like, um, who didn't do drugs? I was going to say, you know, it was called the Quality Inn until I moved in. <laughs> and then it went to Budget Tell. <laughs> they just, they, you know, they couldn't keep it up after you were, you know, um, uh, keep up the quality. Um, so, yeah, I lived there a quarter of a semester and then I moved in with um, Mark Simowitz in Gore. Ah, uh, Yes. And I lived with him for a half a semester. And then uh, my first day living with him, he was like, yeah, I'm living with Kevin Quillen in for a semester next year. So, you know, we're only living together for a semester. Um, so I had like uh, that started by like, I think I had nine roommates or something. But I never did have the experience of living in Racy. Well, Good or you bad. are lucky. <laughs> Did you live off campus? Um, after my my senior year and then my fifth year, I lived off campus in um, on Commerce Drive, uh, owned by Slumlord. Awful, awful basement apartment. Hmm. Joy. Yeah. What year did you graduate? Uh two thousand one. I left in 2001, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Couple credits shy. Oh, that's like me. I left before I graduated. Yeah. Don't regret it. Mm. Uh, yeah, not... it depends on the day for me. Really? really? I, yeah. I, I think that looking back, and I was just, we were just talking about this with, um, a friend of mine that's going, going to possibly go back to get their master's. It's, it's really weird now. You know, I, I think about like, let's say cooking schools. Okay. If I want to learn how to cook something, I go to YouTube. If uh, uh, I'm looking at TikTok, a lot of the things I learned in theory class are now some guy talking about the circle of fifths. It almost feels like in a weird way, education and digital media is kind of meeting this middle of the way place where if you want to fix your computer you go to another computer and google it yeah you know what i mean so it's almost it almost kind of like 
dilutes the degree a little bit because like who cares no one cares if if you've got a degree if as long as you can you know uh google how to fix the car you can open up a garage mm, to some extent yeah um what's what i find sick sort of stockholm syndrome is i'll get music theory videos pop up in my youtube and uh because i've watched some and i'm like no i should not find this interesting i have emotional scars great I've talked about this in therapy. I don't need to sit and watch it. What What did you do after you left school? Did you go right to Chicago? I did, yeah. Um, I went to Chicago, and I feel like it was about a year before I got a gig. I didn't really do a lot of auditions. Um, I mean, I got to Chicago, and within a year found out that um, – Well, to backtrack, I went to Chicago because I was told, oh, you know, they cast national tours out of Chicago and there's a lot of TV and film and, you know, tours and commercials. And well, what I didn't know is that, hey, no, that nobody in New York sends casting people to Chicago and pays for a hotel room and rents a hall like that. Just yeah, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um so if I'd known that, I probably wouldn't have gone. Um, and then TV and film had dried up about two or three years before I'd moved up there because the tax laws had changed. Um, so there, it, when I lived there, there really wasn't any TV or film happening. Right. Um, I was an extra in an episode of ER one year, uh, for one, one episode, rather. Um, and I finally saw that during the pandemic. And... Um, you don't even see me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was. So what did you I, do, to, I, do to fill your time in Chicago? Uh, you How ever hear a hook in? No, I'm kidding. Um, I had several. I worked at the Gap for a very long time. Um, I love the Gap. How deep is that discount? 50% wow. on, um, on full price stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you could get, well, it, at the time it was like six items full price every month, 30% off of sale. Um, and I want to say maybe like unlimited 30% on accessories and underwear and stuff. Um, but, you know, the thing is, if, and a lot of us actors are people pleasers, um, it's very easy to get stuck where you don't where you're not happy sure um and doing something that doesn't serve you i worked at the gap for four years um by the end i felt like i had a degree in folding denim i'd been offered management a couple of times to interview for management and i was just like i'm an actor i'm still auditioning can't you know right you can't do the two um and you know, I just really hated trying to talk people into credit cards. Um, that was a, a big part. Um, well, but- and, and let's face it, and you know this, we all know this, like any business you work for, no, no matter what, you're trying to talk people into, some, into something. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I was great at, you know, doing denim. Th- I was a denim specialist was my title. Very oh. prestigious. Um. 
So, yeah, I did the gap for a long time. Did you start putting that on your resume? <laughs> no, I didn't. No. Because if I saw um, that, I'd be like, what is that? <laughs> I could I could take you through a fit session and tell you uh, tell you the, the pros and cons of every gene. Only, of course, <laughs> there weren't any cons. It was it was gap denim. No cons. Did you wait the tables at all? Um, you know what? I never did because my ADD is so bad. It really scared the hell out of me to ever do restaurant work. I should have. I would have made a hell of a lot more money doing that than I did, you know, making, I think, $10 an hour at my, no, 11 at my height at the Gap. Yeah. Um, but uh, the first the first gig that I got was Talon Beeson directing me in a show called Cannibal the Musical. Oh, yeah. Oh, fun. Yes. Written by Parker and Stone of uh, mm-hmm. South Park. And um, that isn't that Silence of the Lambs, the musical? No, 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 no. This is about the Donner Party in Utah. Oh, no. Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah, I've seen the movie. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. We did the regional. We did the Midwest premiere of it. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer? No, no, no. Donner. No. D-O-N-N-E-R. Donner, like Donner and Blitzen. Like, think, no, think Western times and they get stuck in the, uh, it's cold and they have to start eating each other. Yeah. So with, with great songs like Hang the Bastard, Hang Him High, that was probably my favorite in the show. <laughs> um, and I was, uh, my character was like the gayest man in 1850s Utah. He would just sort of keep popping up in every scene. Um and, you know, I'd get an aside or, you know, roll my eyes or whatever in incredibly tight, revealing jeans and uh, and like a lace cowboy hat. So it was it was quite the experience. Oh, my God. I love it. We're gonna but, I mean, it. working with Talon Beeson. I mean, that's just joy right there. You know, I mean, who wouldn't love that? Talon is, Talon is a, a piece of work. Talent yep. is short for talent. He, <laughs> he was so much fun to talk to, and he sent us a copy of his book. Uh, nice. It's, yeah, he's always been a, a, a favorite of mine. I was staying with he and his wife for um, a few days. I went up to see um, Sarah and I are both mutual friends with Aaron Lavanay, who is starring as Jesus in the Superstar Tour right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right before the shutdown, uh, I was up there and came back to Birmingham like three days before the shutdown. So we were already like, oh, God, we're in a really big crowd. And OK, let's put on more hand sanitizer and, you know, kind of creeped out. But, yeah. Um, so yeah. you've been in you've been in Birmingham now for almost three years. Oh, no, I've been back for five years. I was, five I was years. here for yeah two years before that. Um, and then the next show in Chicago, I got because of Hoots, which is kind of like uh, Cannibal had been ended for maybe a week and Hoots calls me up and is like, Hey, I'm doing the show and they need a man and they need a man who can do like classical stuff. So come in. I'm like, okay. Um, and then Hoots quit the show because <laughs> she got something that paid better. And, um, and I did that show. So that was fun. Oh, fun. SU people always look out for other SU people. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, 
going back to SU, mm-hmm. so so outside of the Mikado, which you know, who was your voice teacher? <laughs> um, for one year, it was Gene Galvin. Um, that was one. That was Ryan's teacher, right. Brother Gene. Yeah, he was oh, mine yeah. for one year as well, and then not. Yeah, it was a very contentious year. Yeah, bless his heart. Um, so then I switched to Amy Sposato, Doctor Amy Sposato, mm-hmm. and um, was with her for the next four years, and she's wonderful. I'm sure Gene is great for the right person. I just was not the right person. Neither was I. Yeah. Um, um, was... And while I'm, you know, spilling tea. And yeah. this can be edited. I don't care. But I got a, the nail in the coffin was getting in a letter from him over the summer saying that he didn't think people with attention. He thought that um, the curriculum was too challenging for someone with attention deficit disorder. And I was like, I don't need to work with you. And I won't. Yeah. Wow. That was during the school year? No. In the no, that was in that was summer in between semesters. Oh, God. I was like, yeah, I was like, I am changing studios. Yeah, I'm not gonna cut that. Um, <laughs> hope he doesn't hear it. Do you really think you he know cares? what? You know what? And this is what this is what I have to say the truth is not gossip. That's right, true. As Marcus was always a fan of saying, yep. tell the truth and shame the devil. Yep. Um, I was gonna say, going back to SU, so besides the Mikado that um, can just go back on the shelf. Mm. What were some other just great standout experiences that you had? They didn't have to be a show. It could be a show. It could also be a class, a uh, routine and a dance class. What were things that galvanized you that you just kind of never forgot that stick in your memory? Oh, God. Um, Going to see Unity Project at Planet Nova in Richmond. Yay. Um. That was a big one. Um, detective story, because it was it was a very difficult show for me up until Tech Week. I didn't have really a firm grasp on the character. Um, but on so many levels, I mean, Doc Ramey being so generous to run lines with me at any time um i remember standing behind the seat banks during tech and through every performance that final scene between lamb and and ramey and when he finds out how she knows kurt and oh no no no, she comes back to the anyway after he gets shot and just those two in that scene and the realism and just it was amazing. Um, I know I've told Jenny what an amazing experience it was. I, I don't think I've gotten to tell Doc over the years. But, um, yeah, that scene really, that show really made me uh, a better actor. It made me work. Um, it made me work. Can I pause this memory for one second to ask a sincere question? Mm-hmm. Now, I did a lot of substance abuse in college. My my memory banks are not great in those four years, especially the first two. <laughs> what before I realized though I had to like actually work. Um I was in that show, question mark. Was I like a small walk-on role? Because I have a photo of Jenny Lamb and I 
She's in her outfit for that show. I'm, I've got a, like a penciled on mustache. I'm in a vintage suit. Gosh, it sounds like you must have been. And I'm like, was I like a walk on detective story? I'm talking about. I must have been like something in that first scene, and then I was dumb. I want to say that's what it is because I. You could have been like in a police lineup or something. I think it was something stupid where I was like, I came and then like, I did. I don't think I even bowed, but I watched it. Listen, you would not have got me. I loved lamb, but you would not have got me at a straight show, straight theater show. Unless like I had to be there. And I remember <laughs> seeing Jenny in that scene in that. I mm. want the truth or whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like her purse fell down one night and her earring popped off. Um <laughs> And I, I have vague memories of that show, but I think I basically went out and like smoked cigarettes with like Carrie Siegel Bennett. Um, oh, I miss her so much. Because uh, didn't she work on that show? Yeah, she was in it. Yeah, I feel like and I'm not indicting her for smoking. Um, I think she just was like, similarly, that's it. Didn't, I don't know, I'm making things up now. She and I may have been like a walk-on like witness characters in the beginning of like, yeah, they did this or I saw this something stupid. And then we were done. Once upon a time, there was <laughs> a detective and he had a story. And he had a story. Bum, bum, bum. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt your flow. So detective story and then continue. Um, yeah. Det- okay. Of, of great memories. Um, gosh. Of course, Mary Robert's class. Um, Mary, you know, my first day of Mary Robert's class being asked to demonstrate was a massive, massive deal to me. Um, I didn't have formal dance training before college. Um, I'd done show choir. And um, what did she ask you to demo? It was a combination to a song by Prince until I'm in your arms again. Mm. Um, and, uh, she asked me and Ferretti and Marcus and I can't remember who else. I think there were four of us that she asked to, to do the combination for the class. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, that was really cool. That was, was really, I in really that cool. class with you? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Cause we were in all those kind of classes together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, other great memories. Gosh. Um, you have to have throttle bottom on this list. Oh my, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm throttle <gasps> bottom. I'm the I'm the I'm the candidate for vice president. This um, is uh, uh, for those who don't know and think it's some kink thing. I'm one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't know because you didn't see it. We did uh, of the I sing in um, music theater ensemble. Yeah, same year as Follies in concert, and um, yeah. Uh, actually, I was listening to somebody, maybe it was Adolfo's episode I listened to the other night. The reason we did it that year at the Orson Bryan is because it was the big new theater. We wanted to get people in the theater. Um, and, and we, we thought the way Follies. to do that was a yeah. CI sing. <laughs> well, and one of the characters was Throttle Bottom. Yeah. Yeah. The, which, um, is, which in the 30s was slang for a, a useless politician. Oh, I was um, gonna say, okay, well that makes sense because I yeah. I did a throttle bottom once at the Green Lantern. Stop it. 
<laughs> I was a dirty politician where I just lied my face off. Um. Yes. So. Matthew. Matthew, get it, Jack. What? Back to Jonesy. Um, as it should be. Um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, number one, I loved doing Follies, and I thought it was a great, I mean, also, I had, you know, a little dance moment behind Karen uh, Osinski-DeWittowitz. Now, if you see Lucy X, loved that. Um, But, yeah, we came back the next semester and did um, of the I Sing in Concert, and I almost didn't audition for the role, um, because... I knew, I think Mark wanted it really bad. And then I just kept hearing people get up and like not reading, you know, there's a rhythm to comedy and not getting it, not getting the tempo or who the character was. And I just turned to Vitro. I was like, should I feel it? She was like, yes, did it. I made Dr. Albert laugh. And I was like, okay, I think I'm doing good. Yeah. Got the role. Um, that was my biggest, yeah, that was my, my big, big role, um, was playing Throttle Bottom. And, um, so Jason Sharp was president Wintergreen. I was Throttle Bottom. Katie Sina was the girl opposite him. And then Melanie couldn't, Melanie couldn't make corn muffins. She could not make corn muffins to save her life. You know what? Diana Devereaux. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, and God, Melanie Fox, so much joy to work with. Absolutely game for anything in the name of physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also my dance partner in How to Succeed. Oh, and, yeah? Yeah, she was going to ride on my shoulders for, co- I think, for coffee break or something. And her secretary is not a, anyway, until we realized that we were, like, as far downstage as, like, right next to the microphones and if anything went wrong it would be very very bad right so yeah that got that idea got cut but i i remember rehearsing with an af- for an afternoon with her on my shoulders before we realized that cuz you were you were in the how to succeed you were also in the um sweet charity sweet charity yeah my junior year was like the year that i peaked um cuz i did music theater ensemble i was in how to succeed and i was in sweet charity um and oh my God, those shows were joy. Um, I, I've, I've heard in several episodes about that season, like how, how did we do two Fosse shows from the 60s? Well, here's how. I have, I have the dirt on that. I remember the summer before that, Mr. Herman talking about we were going to do chess and then we were either going to do How to Succeed or Sweet Charity. Well, right before we came back, the rights to chess went out because there was going to be a Broadway revival that never happened. So the rights got yanked from everybody. So we almost did chess that year. Mm. I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you so, like it? Yeah. I don't like chess as much as I like how to succeed in Sweet Charity. I love charity. checkers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, don't play Metal Mind Checkers with me. This early I mean, tr- Chess has some beautiful music. Yeah. yeah. It's, a weird, it's a weird, you know, weird book, but... Yeah. You know, the thing it? is, Michael Bennett died while it was being, you know, while he was shaping it. So we just, it's like, I'm curious to see what would have happened to that show had he lived through 
you know, the experience of it. Um, had he lived through the shaping of it, what could that show have been? Yeah. Well, I'm just glad we didn't do it. I loved the cast of both of the shows that we ended up doing. That They were both so much joy. And, you know, I in my head, I can see Mike Hedges on that on the uh, on the cart being lowered, washing the window. Yeah. Um, and getting to see Maggie hit that pose and do, you know, Charity's World number that first. Yeah. Um, God, such joy those shows yep um i do remember you know there were a lot of crazy rumors going like it and i never understood why because i was like i never i was never the person to hear it until like the very end um but a rumor went around that when the charity cast list went up that Steve Jones was crying and said, but I'm a dancer, damn it. Because I was cast as one of the singers, not a specialty dancer. The only thing I can figure is that I had just gotten contacts and had just put, you know, was putting solution in my eyes and maybe I looked teary eyed, but I was happy. I, I saw the list with summer. I was like, F yeah, we got cast, Joe. Oh my gosh. Summer. um, Yes. And so, I you know, I saw I, that show. Did I, Steve? Yeah, you did. I did see Sweet Charity. Yeah, you did. Yeah, because um, that's when we started dating that weekend. Oh. Oh, Sweet Charity. And by dating, well, yeah, anyway. Moving on. By dating, um, we mean the quality. It was some Sweet Charity. We're talking <laughs> oh. about the quality going down to the budget. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that show has a special place in my heart as well. Um, yeah, but I I do remember we all had such a blast doing both of those shows. It was just a oh, happy group. God, it, was it really was really good material. It wasn't Boomer Girl or the Mikado. Like we were yeah. like, finally we're doing real shows because we're in like this real impressive theater, and they oh, felt God, like that gorgeous theater. Yeah, and and to, and then you know playground happened. So you know. Oy. Yeah, playground. So I come back senior year. This is why I say I peaked junior year. Um, We auditioned for MTE, and I came in and sang Sondheim, sang... um, Anyway, I sang something from Company. Uh, the I'm I'll hurry, wait for me, hurry, wait for me, hurry, wait. And I took it up. Um, and the scene he didn't make juniors and seniors dance, so it's like, okay, cool, whatever. Went home, and then I wasn't cast. And he called me in the office and was like, uh, so you're not really a Sondheim singer. And I was like, um, I was in Follies last year. And Mr. Sondheim says that a Sondheim singer is one that tells the story. Yeah, tell that to Elaine Stritch. Yeah. <laughs> Rise. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Um, and then he said, and you're not a dancer, so I can't have you in the candor. Oh, and no. Like, and I was like, really? Because I'm in um, an invite only class with Mary Robert um, that there's only seven of us in. And I'm taking class with the dance majors. So break that down for me. Um, and he had cast 
um, Sean Kazarski, who had left, who didn't even audition. Sean was on the uh, list. Wow. I don't remember Sean. Great guy. He was little Edmund in um, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. He loved the Turkish delight. Well, Matt was gone. He didn't see that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> great guy. He, he was only there, I think, for two or three years. Um, anyway. I still tease him about Turkish Delight on his birthday. Um, moving on. So, yeah. Uh, so, so that's how you ended up not getting into Playground. Yes. And I will say that Playground and Take It Easy were the two times that I was really happy I wasn't in a show. Yeah. Amen, brother. Um, they could have done those two together and called oof. you Taking It Easy on the Playground. <laughs> And nobody would have been the wiser. No. Um, oh, God, the memories. Oh, the memories. Um, I, I do remember sitting through that show and just being so uncomfortable because it ran so damn long. Yeah. Um, I do remember F-R-I-E-N-D-S. Yeah. No. Um, I don't even remember that, Stephen. I was in it. So. Oh, God, it was bad. It was real bad. Um, the the one great thing was having Yvonne there because she, uh, I remember her teaching a really cool combination one day in Mary's class. Yep. And her being at parties. And, you know, Yvonne's just a hoot and a holler. Yep. Um, I sound so, I sound like an elderly Midwestern person. Just a hoot and a holler. Just a hoot and a holler, don't you know? Oh, I tell you. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, the only regret about not getting is that I didn't get to work with like Evan Pappas and everybody else. Oh, honey, um, we I didn't got... work with them. We occupied the stage while they did their mm. thing. We didn't okay. work together. <laughs> gotcha. They were su super nice, but we didn't really. Yvonne was the only one that I really ever got to interact with because she was like, she put herself because she was um, SSMT alum. Mm -hmm. she, she put herself her kind of down with the groundlings always you know she was one yeah. of us she's a sweetheart yep I saw her Lola in Damn Yankees at SSMT yeah the night that I auditioned and found out that I'd gotten uh, accepted I saw Damn Yankees and was like what did I just get myself into now um, I'd seen it on Broadway the year before so it was like you know apples and summer stock right and um but yvonne was great and mary's choreography was fantastic i remember um and i was so scared to come in and audition for mary because i remember her bio saying she'd worked with mr fossey she'd worked with george abbott and balanchine and it's like i was just so easily intimidated even by nice people but just knowing somebody's credits intimidated the hell out of me sure yeah and you're still dancing to this day though that's the cool thing i think thank you um there were there were sort of about i guess seven years where i didn't take any class in between leaving chicago and going to uh like my last couple of years in chicago and then my first few years in atlanta and um yeah i went back and decided to go to Atlanta. the Atlanta Ballet had a campus about one mile from my uh, my apartment so I started just going to uh, the adult ballet classes and 
thought I was taking like a level two. It turns out I was taking a level four and uh, doing fairly well. And, um, you know, moved to Birmingham. Um, and is when the pandemic happened, um, uh, I think it was two weeks or three weeks into lockdown that we lost my father. Um, and then, you know, so that was traumatic on top of lockdown trauma and not being able to leave the house. But Steps and Broadway Dance started putting classes up online um, through Zoom. And uh, the Verdon Fosse Legacy um, was offering classes every week. And it got up to about like four classes a week for a while, which I loved. But um, yeah, I started taking with the Verdon Fosse Legacy at least twice a week and learning a lot of Mr. Fosse's repertoire. Um, and then, you know, I took ballet with Mary Robert. Um, I've taken some tap and some modern and remembered why I don't like doing modern and, uh, you know, still take jazz and take, take Fosse whenever it's offered. They're on a break right now, but it's coming back in the fall. And do you ever, are you a person that as an interpreter of dance through your own body, do you ever feel the inspiration that you feel like you might want to choreograph someday absolutely absolutely yeah um i choreographed you know my senior show that i did with uh they were two-person shows by the time i came along um after you had left and i did my show with josh farner one of the nicest humans on the planet still alive Um, yes very much still alive thank god yeah sorry rumor mill (laughs) um so, you know, I choreographed the hell out of that show, um, which was, you know, Fal- Hal was finally like, well, you are a dancer and you are an actor and you are a singer. And it's like, thank you. It's like, I just didn't know what to do with you. Um, but yes, I do think about choreographing and yeah. would love to. I frequently wonder that. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've been... Uh, privy enough to you've sent me some some of your work uh Mm -hmm. with with some of the classes my god steve like you you dance better than i ever did and oh thank you i don't know about but thank you that's that's very high praise absolutely but yeah dude you were you were a total dancer yeah the nuance that you especially in the fossey style like the nuance of the acting through the movement you totally get you know thank you so how i mean i know you're dead how but like you really just didn't know what to do with people who didn't fit in molds that's it yeah and i think like i said being a freshman and not having the training um that's how he saw me for four years yeah um we got along really well and i feel like i learned a lot from him certainly from lindy i was gonna say we all got along with lindy better oh god yeah um oh god where to start with lindy i remember one day junior year working on long form improv it had been in the syllabus to bring a cassette tape but nobody ever looked at the syllabus we came in and she was like all right everybody who you know brought your tapes and who's got a recorder nobody did and she was livid. And I remember her saying, 
you're going to get out in the real world and no one is going to give a damn about you. No one is going to hold your hand. No one's going to tell you when to audition and what to audition for. And you have to do it yourself. And everybody was like, oh, my God, how harsh. Because then she walked out. She was like, class is over for the day. Which class was this again? Improv, second semester. Oh, God, I can't remember that, but it sounds right on. I would have been in your class. Yeah, well, we might have been in separate sections, though. I can't recall, Steve. Yeah, it's been so long ago. Um, But I told her that, I guess, six or eight years later, I went back for some reason. And and she was like, oh, my God, did I say that? (laughs) I was like, yes, and it was brilliant advice. Um, I also remember one night during um, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe Tech, she was, we hadn't given a very good run through. And she said, you know, we could bring in all the tinsel in the world. There was a lot of silver tinsel on this set for Narnia. I could bring in all the silver in the world, all the silver tinsel there is, and it wouldn't be any more magic. You have to create the magic. And we were all just like, oh, my God. And she's like, and you're going to do the show again now. Five minutes. Get yourselves together. And we brought it. But we had to have that fear put into us. Do you know, this is not related to SU or Lindy, but it brought immediately to mind. There's a lady uh, in the D.C. metro towards Baltimore area named Toby. She has her own dinner theater, Toby's Dinner Theater. I've heard of Toby's, yeah. And we were doing Damn Yankees one night uh, in a run through. And she said, you know, if you take a piece of shit and you polish it up real nice, it's still shiny shit. <laughs> That's what you are right now, shiny shit. <laughs> so that reminded me of that, except in a much more base and crude way than Lindy uh, would ever have said. But the sentiment remains the same. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Shiny shit. Shiny shit. And so we used to sing to the tune of We've Got Heart. We would sing, Shiny shit. <laughs> ah, I love it. Well, Steve, I am mindful of your time. We're almost at an hour here. We just want to wrap up with a few extra kind of closing questions. A few um, part and shots. As you are, as you've gone through this pandemic and everything uh, in your life, are there streaming things that you've watched, books you've read, things that you could recommend to our listeners that you just love? Yeah, well, um, early in the pandemic, I watched all 331 episodes of ER. So I think I'm qualified to walk into an ER and just be like, that person needs Halidol and <laughs> then run out because I'm not a doctor. Um streaming things uh shoot there's so many i just watched the bear and it was so excellent the bear um, like the animal the bear it's a chicago yes, it's called the bear yeah it's about chicago restaurant scene it's so excellent the writing is just great um i read like a whole bunch of um like gay romantic comedy novels which only made me realize that i'm 44 and single and but um, Kit Oliver is a great writer. There's um, there's a novel not by Kit Oliver, but called Red, White, and Royal Blue, and it's being um, made into a film. That was really great. 
Um, and then I just read about four books by a couple of authors about um, the 47 Roswell incident, because this is 75 years. Um, and find out yeah. anything new? Yeah, actually, they never, when you see stuff on TV, they only mention like Mac Brazel and Jesse Marcel. They never mention all of the ranchers and the people that lived around that there were tons of witnesses who saw the debris, who saw the, the wreckage, who saw the bodies and were all threatened, you know, with death if they ever told, including eight year old children. Um, Yeah. Um, What's the name of that book? Uh, let's see. There's, um, I think witness to Roswell. Um, I'm finishing up children of Roswell. There's like four, they're really, really well researched. They talked to like everybody that survived that was willing to be interviewed. And it's, it's really fascinating. But more importantly, do you watch the CW show Roswell? You know, I never have, (laughs) you know, yeah, I watched the old one. It had um, Catherine Heigl in it. They, oh, she's great. But they remade it recently. I, I call the CW can't watch. <laughs> I just can't watch. I CW. like the superhero shows. I mean, and I guess One Tree Hill was on the CW. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, oh, sorry, Mike. Oh, sorry, sorry Mike. Michael Murray and the Grubs. Grubs, yeah. wakey, wakey. Mm-hmm. All right, I can watch that, but. All right. Well, I saw his episodes, but that was it. That's it. Totally, dude. Yeah. Totally. Well, Steve, we love you. Thank you for spending time with us and catching Thank up. Thank you. I love y'all. And keep on keeping on. Keep kickball changing and doing those amazing dance routines. I am super envious uh, that I am not as flexible as that anymore. Thank you. I've got pictures that I will scan and put up in. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's oh my right. God. Yes. Solitaire of it all. Yeah. That needs to be revived. Maybe not with mustard pants. Oh my God. We love you, Steve. We I love y'all. Take care in Alabama and we would love to see you sometime soon. Sounds great. Good talking to you, Steve. All right. Bye. Good buddy. talking to you too. Bye. Right, Night. Thanks so much, Steve, for joining us and catching up with us. We had a great time. Oh, my gosh. So many memories. Yeah, I know that Steve has messaged me afterwards and said we didn't even talk about Jesus Christ Superstar. You know what? Doesn't everyone kind of message and say, yeah. oh, my God, we've got five million. Yeah. And also talk about uh, Robin Hartschroth and a uh, class that he took uh, that was about improving like lines without words just in body. Uh, which sounds like a class I would have loved to have taken. Um, but at any rate, there's a million stories. And if anything is missed, you can always leave it in the Discord discussion. Please check that out. Uh, the link is in the description of this podcast. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can follow us on socials, on Instagram, Twitter, not Twitter. Oh, God. Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook under Connor and Smith. Again, with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Really helps us out a lot. Please add any late 90s songs to the Season 5 Late 90s Music Spotify playlist. The link is also in the description. It has been another great weekend of shows. 
Thanks so much for listening. Um, We love each and every one of you and thank you for your letters of encouragement, uh, especially one from a guest that will be coming up soon that I was very excited to connect with via email. Details coming. Um, But until next week, have a great week and we love you. Bye. Bye.